With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Love, Life, and More of Attraction with Lisa Hayes. This is the place where you'll learn how to find the love of your life and build a life you love. Hello, everybody. This is Lisa with, I was about to say, Charismatic Woman. We are here today to start the first week of the VIP series for Score Your Soulmate. And I am so excited to be here today with Jeanette, who I am not sure I can hear. Can you hear me, Jeanette? Can I hear you? There she went. She's probably going to dial back in. Jeanette and I often have these problems. The topic today, I think, is really it's interesting and it's critical and it's something that people kind of soft sell or kind of maybe don't want to take into consideration as much because we are always so excited and so anxious to get out there and find that other person, thing, situation, job, soulmate that's going to make us feel better about our lives and ourselves. And yet, if we only talked about one thing in terms of finding anything we want, including great love, it would probably be self-love. In fact, Jeanette and I did this show just a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about something else entirely and we spent a ton of time talking about self-love. But it's sort of this ambiguous subject that I think a lot of people have a lot of difficulty understanding. We get what it is, maybe. I think most of us get what it is. But a lot of people don't understand how to do it. And Jeanette Ma, the Good Vibe Coach, has written a book called The Art of Self-Love. We'll talk about how you can get a hold of that, but you absolutely should if you haven't yet. She's an expert on the how-to of self-love. And so I'm thrilled to have her here. I'm going to let her introduce herself and give a little bit of background information in just a little minute. But I not only want to talk about the how-to, but I want to talk about the why it matters so much that you have this this aspect, this thing that is self-love managed, nailed, kind of done well before you start dating. So, Jeanette, how are you today? I'm fabulous. How about you? I can hear you. Yay. I'm good now that you're here. Um, So tell us about you. I mean, give us some bio, some background, and sort of some introduction about why self-love mattered so much that you wrote the book. I found that almost every conversation I was having with people about manifesting what they want, in almost every single one of those conversations, it seemed we were talking about how to treat yourself better. Because I'm really fond of telling people the universe can only be as good to you as you are to yourself. So if you don't know how to let the good stuff in, it's, it's your manifesting efforts will be frustrated. And I think self-love is at the heart of that. I think it is the single most powerful key to successful manifesting of whatever we want, let alone a loving relationship. <laughs> but certainly there too. Well, I think it may be 
most important. It's, it is the most important element when we're talking about finding love, don't you think? Um, yeah, because I think if we were trying, and I have heard some argue with this. Some will say that, no, it is not necessary for you to love yourself, despite the fact that that's what everyone says. It is not necessary for you to love yourself in order to receive love from another. I have actually spoken with people, very conscious, savvy people, who have said that if they needed to love themselves before their true love came, they would have been in trouble because they didn't know how. And yet someone showed up on the scene and was able to teach them how to love themselves through the other's example of it. I think I, I'm still suspicious about that experience, but even if it could happen, I think we're priming the pump so much better when we can lead that party ourselves, when we can set the tone for what we want to be happening and unfolding in our relationships by finding that love vibe for ourselves first and foremost. I, think I don't know if it's even possible. fair to expect someone else to love right. me before I love myself. Right, exactly. Like it might be possible to have somebody show up who can love you when you're not loving yourself and you wouldn't notice it. It would still mm-hmm. be difficult. You would still be going through the struggles of trying to be in relationship with someone when you're not in a loving relationship with yourself. And I think you're. And, and you might is, feel uncomfortable with it or unworthy for it. I mean, even mm-hmm. if I'm not saying no one else will love you until you love yourself, but it is a. If you're not in alignment with it, it's it's just a tough way to go. You're setting yourself up for success by learning how to love yourself first. And I think that your point about the universe will only treat you as well as you treat yourself is really, really apropos when it comes to dating. Like when you are dating, when you are looking for somebody to love, to love you, and you don't really love yourself, you are infinitely more likely to settle Mm -hmm. for what you get, settle for what comes through the door rather than set a standard that really impacts happily ever after because you're setting that standard from a place of really loving and respecting yourself. I've done that actually, so I recognize that drill. Like, and you know, this is about as this is what I deserve. I mean, we, we always get what we think we deserve. Well, and and we'll attract what we're vibrating. So if I think less than lovely things about myself, it's easy for another to reflect those right back to me. So it's worth cleaning up in advance <laughs> before we say I do. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Before we say maybe, I might. Yeah. I, think, I mean, I I am in this business, so to all the people who who disagree, who will end up on one of our client rosters, like what, welcome, welcome, come on in. But I mean, a lot of people really do believe, and we've been programmed to say it. I mean, I harsh on the Jerry Maguire movie all the time, like that one phrase. Oh. <laughs> Let me. What was it? You complete me. Yeah. I know. Like, we're all so incredibly programmed to believe that someone else will fill the gap. Someone else can make me feel something I don't feel. So we're, we're looking for that one thing that's missing so that we can feel like we've got a complete life or a complete experience. And we're programmed into that way of thinking almost from the very beginning. I mean, what do you say to people who say, I have everything except for love, so I'm not complete. Or I have everything except for the job, so I'm not complete. Like, how do you answer that? Well, I don't – honestly, Lisa, I don't I don't know that I've ever heard that. But I'll tell you what I do hear. 
people who say that, I know I don't need this in order to ha- have a full life and feel good about myself, but but it's easy to say those words and not necessarily feel them. Like they still do have some sort of emptiness within that they expect another with if someone else would just be here (laughs) if something else would just be different that emptiness will go away that's a myth and i think even when we consciously know that and we could even say the words of it some people still are hanging on to it and that's a really i think that may be the most frustrating disappointing vibration to carry into a relationship which and and it does carry over because the one thing we take with us wherever we go is ourselves and our vibration i mean it's it is possible i know this it is possible to be in relationship with somebody with whom you share a life and a home and still feel lonely and empty and incomplete Mhm. yeah um and and i think in this day and age, we get a, a lot of us are educated around knowing better than to believe that you'll be all better when Mr. or Mrs. Wright shows up. We know better than to believe that consciously, but like you said, the programming it has been it has been deep, and it has um, it has a way of of still having a hold on some people, even an unconscious way that can affect how they feel about themselves. So it's it's really important to get clear on this and um and not fool yourself about what how you think you feel about yourself. And I think it's probably frustrating when you decide you're going to go out and look for love to have somebody say let's put the brakes on it for a second and work on something else. Oh, and it can be it can be. And I mean, I've I've experienced that with clients. I've experienced that with myself where I spent a lot of time looking for love without putting the brakes on and finally had to put the brakes on. I think what is what the truth of that for me was was that when I finally did put the brakes on and decide to focus on self-love, basic I will say focus on self-respect first and then focus on self-love. It didn't take nearly as long to clean that up, to get that in order, to get myself rocking that department as I thought it would. I mean, our natural state kind of resonates there. We are naturally mm-hmm. self-loving creatures. So when we, when we, it doesn't take much more than a crack to get momentum rolling in that direction. People can feel like it's going to take a long time. But I think because it's our natural state, when we focus the light there, it comes much more quickly than we might otherwise think it would. I agree with you on that because we're returning to the truth rather than brainwashing ourselves away from the truth, which is harder work. But you know what I think one of the biggest obstacles for us in practicing this, Lisa, is how um, we a lot of us have been conditioned not to toot our own horns, you know, not to think too much of ourselves, to play small, be modest and humble. And I think it makes some people uncomfortable to really embrace themselves fully, even just doing it privately, it could, because we've been so conditioned to not outshine others or think too highly of ourselves. Have you found that? <laughs> I Have you heard my story about the purple dress, the lavender dress? I tell it a lot. When I was a little girl, it was probably, I'm guessing I was eight, seven or eight, maybe not even that old, and I had this lovely lavender dress 
it was like a ballerina dress, like the skirt was poofy. And I was so freaking cute in that dress. And I remember dancing around my grandma's house, like literally spinning and watching this frilly skirt twirl and spinning my way into the bedroom and looking at myself in the mirror and thinking, I am the cutest thing. Like, I I look good. I feel good. Like, I had that awareness. And I remember my grandmother walking into the bedroom and looking at me, telling me not to be vain. Like, don't be. She saw Mm -hmm. it. Like, she saw it in me. I, w- I wasn't speaking to it. It's not like I was mm-hmm. dancing around talking about how cute I was, but she saw it in me and she caught it. And she mm-hmm. instructed me very firmly not to be vain. And I think there is a distinction about vanity versus what you're talking about, being able to toot your own horn. I mean, I think when I look at vanity now, I define it differently. That's not true, do I? Well, I don't know. And that maybe. might be I mean, another I, I thing that trips us up. Is this distinction where, you know, if we're not clear. I mean, I think that as long for me, so we'll talk about what it is for me and then we can talk about what it is for you. Like as long as the, as long as I feel really, really good about feeling really, really super about myself. And I do. I love myself. I think I'm pretty awesome. I've got a lot of things going for me, a ton of things going for me. I'm one of the luckiest girls in the world and I nail a lot of stuff in my life. And I'm really zen with that. Where I start to get a little bit slippery is if that's making me feel better than somebody else. Like there's room in this universe, this life experience that we mm-hmm. live for everybody mm-hmm. to be shining their very, very brightest. And I think that's what maybe I didn't grasp as a child was that I can rock this out. I can maybe even be vain. And that still leaves a lot of room for you also to rock it out and be your brightest, shiniest self. In fact, it might even make it easier for you. It, I was going to say, and it might be an invitation. I like that, thinking of it as an invitation rather than a contest, like, okay, who's better? But you know what, Lisa? Even if someone did embrace this work from a place of feeling like, if they, even if they felt like, I still like that position better than having themselves at the bottom. I mean, I think even that is an improvement but that's certainly not what we're shooting for. Um, but I'll, I'll take it. However we can get there, however we can get there. That's, it's, I believe it's just so essential to living what we want that without it, we're seriously handicapped. I cannot tell you how many people I've worked with where this is all that they practiced and magical things started unfolding in, in areas of their lives that had, been, that had seemed seriously stuck to them. This self-love thing is its pretty important. Well, and I think that I mean, the universe can only treat you as well as you treat yourself. You will only treat yourself, you will only demand as much for yourself or ask for as much for yourself as you, I mean, it's directly proportional. So it makes perfect mm-hmm. sense that magic mm-hmm. happens, that things turn around. I mean, very often, like I, it's kind of going back to what we were talking about, when I get a new client who is, looking to attract a partner, the very first thing we will do is examine sort of the awareness of the level of the space in their life that they have for self-love. And sometimes we're working with somebody where that's not a thing, but it's pretty rare to find somebody, myself included, who can't Mm -hmm. do a little bit better in this department. Like you're right. Sometimes just that, even for somebody who's got a high sense of self, sometimes just, Amping it up just a little bit more 
shift things enough you, to you know what to attract that i uh, do you find that um people are often mistaken about how they feel about themselves <laughs> like oh my goodness i just i joke around about this like i ask women lots and lots of them thousands of them on a scale of 1 to 10 where would you put yourself on the on the on that scale in terms of self love? And mm-hmm. about ninety percent of them say seven. I'm at a seven. <laughs> I know. I hear the I, same I mean, thing. Seven or eight? Yeah. No, I, I got uh-huh. a good handle on this. I'd say seven or eight. I hear it all the time. Right. And then they wrap back around a couple of weeks later, and they're like, "Oh, I'm not so sure about that." I had this happen with a client a few days ago where she had said eight. And came back a couple of weeks later, and she said, "No, I'm at a two. It's like, hmm, there's a, there's a gap. I, and I think I think that's because we want to be good at this. We know it's important, and maybe we've even been working on it. And yet, to, and I agree with you 100%, Lisa. I don't. I've maybe met two people who didn't have room for improvement on this. Byron Katie being one of them. I myself included and I've been doing this for a long time. I think most of us and even if we were at a 7 to go to an 8, that's a that's a pretty big vibrational difference. A different vibrational instruction for universe to be getting from us. I mean it, that will be a noticeable upgrade across the board when we can close even just one point on this. But what I what I've noticed a lot is that when a lot of us will have areas where we feel we are really good at being good to ourselves, but there will be one or two that are really not. And recognizing what those are, like, you know, some people really good at self-care. Oh, this is a distinction I think you're really good at making with people, Lisa, because some people think that when they're treating themselves well, like, yeah, you know, I, I, I go to the gym regularly, I get massages, on a regular basis, I have my nails done. They think that's that they've got their self-love practice in place. I think that's a pretty big way to fool ourselves about our practice. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference between self-love and self-care. Is it truly and genuinely self-loving for me to go to the gym and get on the exercise bike? That's questionable. I mean, it might be. Mm-hmm. The answer to that question might be yes. It may also be no. It may be about making myself different. It may be about me not being good enough and me trying to change myself. It might be self-punishing versus self-loving. I mean, the energy that directs, the energy that's driving those behaviors is really, really tangible. It's specific, and it's the only thing that matters in terms of self-love. I think that... So often, I mean, you're right, if you were to be in a group of a hundred women and you say, what do you do? Oh my goodness, Bella takes a nap. What do you do in terms of self-care? You're going to get those answers. Manicure, massage, and I go to the gym. To the, I would say the majority of them probably aren't really self-loving acts. I don't, I mean, and that's, that's a very broad generalization. And I mean, but I really, mm-hmm. I mean, generally they're not. They're more self-changing, well, self-deprecating kinds of behaviors. Well, and I think what they're doing is they're, it's because, you know, we know what we're supposed to do. We know what we should be doing to take, quote, unquote, good care of ourselves. I mean, that's, right. uh, we're highly conditioned about eat healthy, exercise regularly, et cetera, et cetera. 
And I think sometimes if we don't question that, it's and it's important to do that because what my self-love, even my self-care formula could be completely different than everyone else's, even my doctor's idea of it. So... Yeah, yeah, that was that was one of the things I was thinking is how important it is for us to um to know that we we can't follow someone else's template of self-love or self-care and and think that it it can work for us as well. Like if I had right. to do weekly nail appointments, that would be that'd be torture. I hate going it feels like wasting time to go to the spa. I want to be doing something that I love and being pampered isn't one of those things. And yet, for I would say ninety percent of ninety percent of women, they would instinctively put that on the list. Being pampered, like I know that we've got you and I both have a mutual friend who hates pedicures, doesn't like people touching her feet. That that might be on most people's list. It's not going to work for her. I mean, certainly diet and exercise sounds like self care, and yet what that looks like that really feels self loving versus self punishing is going to really widely vary. And, yeah, it's it's very, very individual. And I want to go back and touch on something that you said that I think is really critical is that there's a massive difference in vibration between a 7 and an 8 on that list or between an 8 and a 9 on that list. And why that matters so much when you're looking for love is really, really obvious when you think about it. Like, is it worth the investment of time and energy that it takes for you to get yourself from a seven to an eight before you go looking for your next love. Because the person that you're going to attract when you're doing that at a seven is going to be really different than the person you might attract when you're rocking self-love at at an eight on that scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The delay Dramatic is difference. really worth it. Yeah, and I think that a lot of people don't see it that way. Like I often say to people, do you really want to attract somebody? Do you really want to be in the game offering the vibrational offering that you're offering right now and attract from that place that you are at this point? Or would it be worth three weeks or three months to invest in that dominant vibration, invest in your self-love, and attract with a higher vibrational offering than than you're playing with right now? That's, I mean, to coach someone into making that investment, I think, is one of the biggest gifts we can give to clients. You know, another thing that I was thinking about, Lisa, was that how often we think, and this is true, I think, probably for most women, that what self-love looks like is slowing down and relaxing a little, because we tend to exhaust ourselves and and um, expect more than is really helpful. I think, I think most of us can benefit from ratcheting the schedule down a little. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the self-loving thing is to challenge mm-hmm. ourselves or to stretch in an uncomfortable way. Like I, I don't know that love mm-hmm. is self-love always looks like being on easy street. I think we, we mm-hmm. enjoy being expanded in the ways that sometimes aren't comfortable. And I'm thinking of mm-hmm. personal examples from your life and my life recently that mm-hmm. would would I think it, it calls for... Um, mm-hmm some genuine inner reflection or inner contemplation about what the truly loving thing to do is. I agree. I agree. And that might be different from day to day, from week to week. Yes. 
And I think that's another place that people get hung up. Like it's, and I will say me on this particular subject, like I preach the self-care list of 10 things. I do everything for myself. You know, every, I do 10 things every day for myself that feel like self-care so that I have a plan and I can keep on top of it. And I have a product that I give away to anybody who wants it. If you want it, go to my website. You can find it. Like how to create a self-care plan that really works, that creates some accountability, that builds in self-care for spirit and emotions and body and all of it. And it's great. And yet where that breaks down on me more often than any other place is it's not always the same. Like I can really mm. easily mm. get in the groove of working last month's really appropriate self-care routine or self-love routine when maybe this month it would be push myself a little bit harder, go a little bit faster. And next week I might need to slow down. Mm-hmm. Like being mm-hmm. really current keeps your self-love practice actually loving. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about when the loving thing to do is to say yes to the thing that feels hard or big or uncomfortable or scary. <laughs> Sometimes that's the loving thing to do. I I can't believe I heard those words coming out of Jeanette Ma's mouth. <laughs> I know. I'm the first one to be, oh, you know, honor your boundaries and, you know, make sure it feels good. But sometimes what feels best to us is, I think, to expand in a way that might be a little uncomfortable. Then when the challenge is exciting. I agree. All right. So what I want to do is take a quick, quick commercial break, and then I want to come back, and then I want to talk about the how-tos. Like how to really maybe bump that up from a seven to an eight so you can attract your next partner from a higher level. How to start this practice when you don't really know how. Let's let's come back and then let's talk about the how to's. There is no choice in life that will have more impact on your happiness than who you choose to share it with. Everyone wants to find that one big love. However, most people are looking for that love kind of like they would play the lottery. Finding great love is not a game of chance. Score Your Soulmate by Lisa M. Hayes is a by-the-numbers guide to finding the love of your life and creating a life you love. Score Your Soulmate is a step-by-step soulmate finding formula that anyone can follow. What you will get along the way is a swoon-worthy life you'll want to share with that perfect someone. You can find Score Your Soulmate on Amazon or your local bookstore. Get your copy and start your journey to happily ever after today. I talked to somebody the other day who used one of your practices out of The Art of Felt Love and said that it transformed the way she experienced herself in her life. And it was probably one of the most simple practices you've got in the book. But I want to hear you kind of buzz through some of those practices, and then I'll tell you that story. One of the ones that comes to mind is when I Jack Canfield talked about how he practiced self-love in the mirror on a nightly basis. So after he'd finished brushing his teeth, he'd just take a moment pause, look at himself eye to eye in the mirror, and say a couple of nice things to himself, the same way he would to one of his kids or a valued employee. So he'd just, you know, say like, oh, the way you handled that meeting, you did a really nice job, or, um, hey, congratulations on, you know, whatever comes to mind. He said within 40 days of that nightly practice of self-love, speaking it eye to eye in the mirror, 
his negative self-talk completely disappeared. I got to say, that was highly intriguing to me. I didn't know it was possible for negative self-talk to disappear. So I got kind of excited to put this into practice. Go ahead, Lisa. What were you going to say? That was the one that she referred to. Mm. And, I mean, what was funny about that was she talked about the fact that she had heard you say everything you picked up, every book you tried, you you tried one thing. And this was the one thing out of that book that seemed like it would require the least amount of effort was that she could give it <laughs> at least 30 seconds in the mirror every night. And that after, I think she said 30 days, after a month, she found that her her negative self-talk, I don't think she said it had gone away, but had certainly reversed itself significantly. But mm-hmm. I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, I've, well, I, I got excited to go for 40 days and see what happened. And, the couple of times I tried it, I never made it to 40 days because of what we talked about earlier. Like my boyfriend would sleep over and I'd feel awkward about it, you know. So I'd I'd skip it because it didn't feel completely appropriate to be saying such nice things to myself in front of someone else. And this was many, many years ago. I would not be held up by this now, I don't think. But, um, but what I have noticed, I, I can't say that I made it 40 straight days with that practice, but through that and other practices, what I have noticed is that that my self-talk has reversed. It's much more, I'm much more inclined to say something nice to myself and about myself than I would negative. And that's a pretty, that's a complete reversal of how I used to be because this wasn't how I showed, well, maybe it's how I showed up before I learned how to talk, but it certainly wasn't who, the way I practiced it before I learned how important this stuff is. So I don't know, I, That's that's one of my favorite ways to practice it is, is to be that committed to a discipline. What I've noticed now, Lisa, was um, I recently picked it up again, and uh, what I found was that I didn't just do it after I brushed my teeth. I did it every time I passed a mirror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would just stop and say, and it was so easy. It was so enjoyable, and it's it's a pretty powerful practice, so I like that one. But what I like to tell people, as far as the how-to goes of of engaging self-love, is to just notice how you love someone or something else and give yourself that same gift. Turn it back on yourself so that if, you know, the way you love your best friend is that you're supportive and you check in with her and, you know, you listen when she has something important. Look, you can practice that with yourself. You can check in with yourself. You can listen to yourself. Whatever you're good at loving, whether it's another person or a thing even, I give the example of, my ex-boyfriend all the time, one of the things he loved most in life is his golf game, and the way he shows that love is by giving it plenty of time and attention. And he invests a lot of energy in it. He makes it important. He builds his life around it. There's something that we love, that we're good at loving. I even sometimes just use my imaginary daughter or I'll imagine an orphan kitten <laughs> as my template or my model like okay what would the loving thing be to do what would I want for that person or kitty <laughs> and that sometimes gives me the answer as to what the loving thing is to do for myself I think that that the reason I share that with people is because sometimes it's not easy to know what the loving like we're so unfamiliar with it and we don't get a lot of great examples of it in our lives that some people just get stumped and that they don't know how to practice it. They don't know what it looks like. I think it's really easy to go to that example of how would I treat someone else. 
How would you treat mm-hmm. someone else who was tired? How would you talk to someone else who worked really hard but didn't finish the project? How would you treat somebody who would that you I mean, love. basic things? Right. I mean, I love you. And so if you were in my home, I would see to it that you had food to eat. And I would see to it that we got out and went for a walk. And I would see, I mean, all of those things that I would do for my dog or my best friend or mm-hmm. my beloved or my little one. I mean, it's, these are simple, basic things. I mean, self-love isn't as new. It's not nearly as complicated as we make it. And I love your example of talking to your, like, deciding what you're going to say to yourself when you look in the mirror. That is also a practice that I have. Like, I don't leave that. I don't leave that shit to chance. I'm going <laughs> to, because, man, that can go wrong. Like, I'm going to decide what I'm going to say to myself when I look in the mirror. I'm going to decide what I'm going to be thinking about myself as I as I walk through my day. I it's not that complicated. Lisa, was it your article or were you posting someone else's about the nice guy? Remind me which article it was. You don't know what I'm talking about. It was it was about the nice guy. How the nice guy isn't Oh, it was your player. It was your article on yeah. players, right? Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I love that. Because I was thinking about how, you, you know, we, we deserve to give ourselves credit just for the practice because it is a practice. We might not always nail it, just like I was thinking of the nice guy. You might not always get it exactly right, but the intention behind it matters. And that's better than someone who knows the right thing to say but doesn't have any real feeling behind it. It's okay to, not, to feel like you're not getting it right. It is a practice. It's just like meditation. If you're if you're engaging it, you're doing it right. <laughs> Keep doing it. You will get better. It will get easier. It right. will become more automatic and more normal. And it is a practice. I think that's something that with self love, it's it would be nice. I mean, have you guys get the commercial that's called One and Done? Have you seen that? The one thing you can mm-hmm. do with the person who takes one bite of kale, I think it is, and it's like, okay, now you're done oh, being yeah. healthy for the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, this isn't a one-and-done experience. Like, I think people will have a tendency to think about self-love a lot for a week or think about self-love a lot for mm-hmm. a few days. This is a practice that is going to weave its way into your life every single day. And that's Ideally. really critical mm-hmm. with relationships. Ideally. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it's hugely critical in relationships for a lot of reasons. I mean, the first reason is that you're taking care of yourself and your own self-love, so you're not asking somebody else to fill those gaps for you, you, mm-hmm. again, are much less likely to settle for bull in a relationship when you're really loving yourself consistently, intentionally, on a daily basis. I mean, mm-hmm. somebody that you love, you wouldn't ask them to do that. You would hope that they wouldn't. I mean, the daily practice has to kind of become a way of living, but it is a practice, and it's not perfect. Yeah, it, I caught no. Go ahead. I caught myself a few days ago realizing that I had slipped off into some patterns that didn't feel particularly nurturing, didn't feel particularly. I wasn't getting a self love vibe off of my own behavior. And back to that checking in. I mean, you said check in with your friend that you love or your loved one. Like I, I, I set a timer like hourly for mm-hmm. the next few days. 
of checking in and just being like, oh, Lisa, how are you doing? How are you feeling right now? How are you caring for yourself right now? And I, I think I know the self-love game pretty well. I wouldn't consider myself an expert. I think that, like we've said, we could all improve. But as well as I know it and as much as I practice it and preach it, at this point, I'm on a remedial one-hour timer of checking in with myself and, and making sure that I'm flowing what I want to flow in that department. You know, I also like this thought, too, that we're not alone in this work, that, you know, we have whether you want to consider them guides or guardian angels or higher self or spirit, source, God, whatever you want to think about it, that that energy, that feeling already exists for us. We don't have to lead the way here, even if we didn't feel like anyone else in the world was good at loving us unconditionally, because that's what we're shooting for here is to learn how to, well, that's what love is. It's unconditional. If it's conditional, that's not love. In in in. Creating this practice for ourselves, I think it's helpful to know we're not the first ones here. There are other, whether you call it entities or beings or whatever, that already feel that way about ourselves. So it's not like we're paving new territory. We're just joining higher power in this perspective on ourselves. We're returning to our nature, and our nature is that expansive, unconditional, loving state that space which is why i mean there's a lot of draft here i mean it it is easier it's easier to love yourself than it is not to love yourself i mean as much as we've talked about the practice and all of the different ways to do it like i think that's how we know we are uncomfortable when we're not doing it we feel the disresonance the discomfort of not actually accepting ourselves and that discomfort is a reminder that we've slipped away from our true nature on this subject, on every subject. Lisa, I have a question for you. So you've probably run across this, I would imagine, when someone is, because a lot of times the way I'll ask someone, is this the loving thing to do for yourself? They'll answer me yes. And I mean this, here's an example, in context of this guy who's not so great in my life, either he's married or he's um, to someone else or he isn't that good to me occasionally. He's, maybe he's cheated on me a couple times. But I, for some, one reason or another, I feel compelled to give him another chance. When I ask them, they think they're doing the loving things for themselves. And then when I ask, if this were your daughter, what would you want for her? And they have no problem knowing that what they would advise her is to get out and and clear the decks for someone who is worthy. But when it comes to their own selves, they'll insist, no, this is the right thing for me to do. How do you run across that? <laughs> Can you tell the way I ask it how frustrated I am when I do? <laughs> <laughs> and how, oh my goodness, sorry. how often is that based in some sort of Belief, again, about deserving. Belief, again, about a lack, a sense of lack. Like, I, I do run across that. Like, every time somebody stays, when they wouldn't want their best friend or sister to stay, there's a belief that this is all I can ever get. This is all I'm going to get. There isn't going to be something better beyond this. Mm-hmm. <sighs> mm-hmm. You're right. Anyway, I think this, you just we could talk it. this yeah. around 
350 different ways, but it still comes down to lack. It still comes down to lack of deserving. And well, and a scarcity mentality that there isn't that there isn't anything better. Right. For me, there might be something better for you, but for me. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. Well, that's revealing. You know, but I st- I think that as far as your question about the how-to of practicing this, I think that's a powerful powerful way in to ask, is this something I would wish on someone that I loved? Is this what I would want for them? And if the answer isn't, don't give yourself an excuse to continue it, whether it's a job, whether it's whatever you believe is possible for someone else, believe that's possible for you too, and give yourself the gift of whatever love looks like. Another way to practice or right or not. I mean, Mm -hmm. as you're saying that, like I'm doing a chronological history of my life, and I've I've got some time. I've got some mistakes. I can like as I go through that chronological history of my life. If I had asked myself that question and honored the truth of it, I could have I could have smoothed out the path, girlfriend. Yeah. Um that uh, another how to practice here is just asking the question what does love look like or what would love do? You know, just tuning into the vibration of love and being open to an interpretation on whatever's up in your life. What's your favorite way to practice the how to of self-love, Lisa? There's so many I mean, I think, and I, this this sounds backwards, it might, but I mean, we've talked about this before. You start treating yourself like somebody you want to be. Like, I think, and I said it at the beginning of this call, like, I, I backed off. I couldn't get to self-love. There were times in my life where I couldn't get to self-love. But I could at least look myself in the mirror and say I'm not behaving like somebody I would respect. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes love is a big reach, but I, I needed to, I, you, sometimes you have to behave like somebody who you can respect, someone you have to, sometimes you have to behave like somebody who's worthy of love. Sometimes you have to lead with the behavior and let the feelings follow. And the feelings do follow, they really do. But I think you've got to get real clear on that because it might not be go to the gym and hit the treadmill. It might be say no more often or say yes more often it's but i really do think that it comes down sometimes when it's so far outside your network it comes down to behaving like somebody that is worthy of the love that you're giving yourself mhm yeah that's that's an important thing i think some people who wait for the feeling before the action follows the easier way to go about this is just engage the action as if the feeling were already there. And it does come. I mean, you think about babies in an orphanage, right? Like we've, we all hear the stories about babies in an orphanage that have food, they've got shelter, they've got a crib, they've got clothes, and they don't have love. So they're not thriving. They, there's literally a syndrome called failure to thrive. And so the cause, more times than not, not always, but often, children who are in those environments without the love and the affection and the attention that they need do not thrive physically, emotionally. They don't develop right cognitively. We've got to be willing to lead that party and give ourselves 
that kind of love and acceptance and tenderness and kindness, and it goes beyond food and shelter and clothing. And this goes back to what you said earlier about how it can change on a day-to-day basis. Sometimes the loving thing for me to do is put my covers, my head under the covers (laughs) and sleep in for a while or to eat the cookie or to watch the TV show that I've already binge-watched. And sometimes the loving thing to do is to take a shower, (laughs) to eat something besides chocolate, and to turn off the TV. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I think, I don't know, I mean, obviously I'm going to recap. I'm going to go back and recap. I think that it's critical when it comes to dating because you set the standard. You set the standard for what you're willing to settle for and what you're able to receive, both ends of that scale. Like, again, I mean, can you attract somebody who loves you when you don't love yourself? The answer to that is probably yes, but you won't experience it that way. Mm-hmm. You, you won't exactly. feel the blessing of it. You won't feel the angels singing in the background as a result of that love. Like, you set the standard for what you're willing to settle and what you're willing to receive, and that's powerful. That puts you in a very very powerful position. And Mm -hmm. if you are looking to attract your next mate, you get to decide what vibrational offering you want to attract from. And it might be worth a delay. Might be (laughs) worth the delay. Agreed. Couldn't say better. The delay for me, I'm going to ask you this question now that I wrapped up so eloquently. I'm going to ask you this question. Because I think people wonder this. Like the delay for me when I got really serious about a self-love practice, about dealing with my issues on this subject, the delay for me was legitimate, really, weeks. I would say six to 12 weeks, really about six weeks. It took me, when I buckled down and got serious and worked on this, it was about six weeks, as opposed to maybe years of fumbling around in the dark. How long, it it doesn't take long, it can happen in an instant, but how long, Jeanette, do you think people need to be willing to invest before they start to see a turnaround here? I think we'll start to see signs of it right away, like certainly within days mm-hmm. and a couple of weeks, little signs maybe at first, but they'll grow. The better we get at this, the stronger those signs get. And I think that a way that we know we're really truly landing it is when we aren't watching the clock or wondering when it's going to pay off. If you're looking for the payoff, the the payoff is in the practice itself. So if someone's engaging this because, okay, well, I should be able to have my dream guy here if I start treating myself well by the end of this summer, you know what, I I don't think that's what love looks like. I don't think that's exactly the approach. But having said that, the signs, the results, the evidence comes quickly. Seriously, within days, people usually have, if you're looking for it, if you can recognize it when it shows up, but it always, the first manifestation of it is always that it feels better. It feels good to be able to look yourself in the mirror. I don't know if that's true. For some people, when they start this practice, it can feel very confrontational, very uncomfortable. So maybe it isn't always a feel-good practice, but uh, you know, Abraham says the first manifestation after we change the vibration is the feeling. So I would, uh, you can expect those results instantly. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, you have any final thoughts, anything you'd like to wrap no. up with? You didn't give no, a very just... good bio, so tell people where they can find you <laughs> and how they can get artists out love. I'm Jeanette Ma, the Good Vibe Coach. You can find me blogging at goodvibeblog.com. I have a link there to my ebooks, one of which is The Art of Self-Love, or you can go directly to selflovebook.com to take a look at that one. That's easy to remember, selflovebook.com. You're mm-hmm. amazing. I, I love you lots and lots and I lots. love you too. <laughs> I love playing I, with I, you. I, Thanks for inviting me to this show today. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. What if nothing had to change for you to love the body you have right now? Everyone says you need to love yourself, but if you don't know how, self-love feels like a sugary sentiment that doesn't really mean anything. Body Love Boot Camp will teach you the mechanics of self-love. You will learn to treat yourself and your body like you are worthy of love, not later, but now. Loving your body now doesn't mean you've given up on change. It means you're treating your body with the kind of respect that change is made from. So, if you're ready to get off that diet roller coaster thrill ride once and for all, check out Body Love Boot Camp today. www.bodylovebootcamp.com The body of your dreams just might be the one you have today www.bodylovebootcamp.com Thanks for listening to Love, Life, Life and Law of Attraction. Tune in next week to learn more about how to find the love of your life and love a life you love. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.